turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, good afternoon. Greetings to you. Thanks for being with us this Thursday afternoon. A little hot out there, isn't it? 93 degrees. Storm watching effect as well. It's a, you know, it's a summer afternoon. Almost summer. It is super hot. Yeah. It is super hot. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you... Um, I did my exercise routine today. <laughs> why? Why Why are you doing that? Because, well, because I'm trying to stay healthy, John. Mm-hmm, yeah. But when I was five minutes in, I thought, uh. <laughs> I'm not sure I've ever been hotter of course. than I currently am. So you're, you're exercising at your house uh-huh. with not a whiff of air conditioning. Right. Is there a fan? Oh, yeah. So Are you kidding me? I'd die without a fan. So you're exercising with hot air blowing at you. Yeah. That'll keep you but it was shape. in the basement, mm-hmm. so it's cooler down there. Right. You know what I mean? Sure. Oh, yeah. There you go. Much cooler. It was. <laughs> I got canned peaches and some lady exercising. <laughs> the That's the way it is, John. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is the way it is. Yeah, I feel your pain. Do Just you? How it is. Of course. Yeah, so. you have to do it. I mean, you, you and know. I are kindred spirits. Yeah. We are. We are what, is, what did we say this last year? Like what percentage of people don't have air conditioning? It's like it's minus one percent. No, it's not. What, it's actually was more than we thought. It was like fifteen or something. Really, we were surprised that it was fifteen. We we didn't know we had that many compatriots. <laughs> we thought we were alone. It's fine. It's fine. It's more than fine. Last night was not fine. It really wasn't fine. I slept fine. Okay, no problem at all. Yeah. Uh huh. Excellent. E- In duty, duty. Very yep. good. Uh, <laughs> now, my husband, who remember on yesterday's show, if you were listening at this time, <laughs> for the hot news update yeah i had to i had to go home and apologize. i actually apologized by phone before i got home why because i was so crabby before i left because it was so hot when i was getting ready for work does that count what if i apologize mm-hmm, on the phone mm-hmm. of did, course it counts did you text a text no apology? i no i called him oh, okay, it was a okay, phone call fine good mm-hmm. I text apology is kind of like man not no, really. no no it wasn't a text it was it was an actual my voice i'm sorry okay good. but what was so great about it is it was so hot in our house around i don't know 10 30 11 o'clock last night uh-huh he was crabbier uh-oh uh-huh. oh oh and then by then i was fine yeah you know what I mean? Because it's evening. I'm not. Me. I'm not going anywhere. So it's not like I care that much. He was right. super crabby, and I was like, "Oh, uh-huh. calm down, my friend. Here we go. Yeah. Now we're back to it. Shoes on the other foot. There, exactly. That's the beauty of marriage, isn't it? It is. Because sooner or later, the shoes always on the other foot. Yes, it's so true. <laughs> it's so true. Don't come to us for marriage advice. <laughs> Please do not. Right. Yeah, we're not therapists, and mm-hmm. that's for a good reason. Yeah, that's very good. Hey, a busy day. A uh, lot going on uh, across the country. You want to do a little news update I'm for us? I'm ready for Please. it. Please. Without further ado, give us the top four at four. For Thursday, June 16th, 2022, <sighs> number one. The families of two American military veterans say the men are missing and feared captured by pro-Russian forces in Ukraine. 
Andy Ty Nyakhun and Alexander Druk left their homes in Alabama to serve with Ukraine's army on the battlefield. If they've been captured, they'd be the first American prisoners of war in the conflict sparked by Russia's invasion. That's almost four months ago now. CBS News correspondent Chris Livesay. Do you know Chris? No. No, I don't really know how to pronounce his last name, so I apologize if I'm doing it poorly. Said that neither the families nor the State Department have been able to confirm that the two men were captured, but a post by Russian forces on social media appeared the same day they went missing, claiming two Americans were now their prisoners. Now, keep in mind, these two guys were volunteering with a unit, okay? So they went of their own accord. They left here, the safety of this country, to go and fight on behalf of the Ukrainians. Hune served in the U.S. Marines at Alexander Druk as a veteran of the war in Iraq. Amazing people who would decide to do that. It's from CBS News Today. Number two, a fascinating profile in today's New York Times, John, about Ukraine's information tech diaspora. Okay, listen to this. About 50,000 people who were uh, working and living in the high-tech atmosphere in Ukraine that are now residing in Poland, Germany, Spain, Czech Republic, and the Netherlands. They're part of what they're calling Ukraine's largest service export, IT. Hmm. With $5 billion in annual revenue, representing about 4% of the country's domestic product, the country has a very mobile pool of IT talent, nearly 300,000 people who provide computer and coding services in fields like e-commerce or AI or robotics. And in the months since fighting, they've all left. Because they have to go somewhere, sure. right? With structure. Uh huh. The Times tells the story, and it's a really good piece, of two Ukrainians who settled in Berlin. They host an online portal for employers who are looking for Ukrainian IT pros. They currently have 15,000 job postings. That's how much people wow. are wow. wanting Ukrainian IT workers oh, so to cool. work for their companies, right? Anyway, but then it talks about mm. how Ukrainian IT workers who've settled in other countries are having trouble getting used to the differences in how things go, especially in Germany. They're saying, look, if you come from Ukraine and come to Germany, you're going to die in the bureaucracy. Mm. There are so many rules you have to fill out or r- rules you have to follow, forms you have to fill out. It's just so different in Ukraine. Apparently there, they said, we have no process. We just get stuff done. Wow. Anyway, definitely, definitely worth a read. Number three. Dr. Anthony Fauci, chief medical advisor to President Biden, has tested positive for COVID. The NIH said in a statement that Fauci, who is how old? 76. 81. Oops. Is fully vaccinated and has been boosted twice, experiencing only mild symptoms, thank goodness, has not recently been in contact with the president or other top officials. Um, And that's that. Number four, Ferrari. Would you love a Ferrari? Yeah. Not with the gas prices, though. Of course not. Prius. But they have a new model that they're coming out with. Have you heard about it? Oh, yes, I have. Uh-huh. An SUV to be unveiled this fall. They confirmed plans to release their f- first fully electric car in 2025, promising in its first long-term strategy presentation in years, it would continue to make cars that stand out as the industry embraces electrification. Mm-hmm. And that is your top four. Interesting. At four. Now, a Ferrari growls. And that's what makes it cool. Yeah. But it's like a, a Porsche. I mean, there was a great outcry when Porsche said, we're going to build SUVs. And you see Porsche SUVs I think now. they're very nice. They're very pretty. They're very pretty. But mm-hmm. here's the thing. More than a Porsche, the sound yeah. of a Ferrari. Yeah. I mean, it's a beautiful. it can be a beautiful car, for sure. But the sound of it. Mm-hmm. And you're... Are they going to make up a sound? 
Yeah. If you have a fully electric car, it says no sound. Mm. Yeah. Well, would no, that not bother you to like hit the gas and like not hear anything? Uh, I've been in cars. Have you? No, you know I never have. a Tesla. No. Oh, it's so weird. It's, it's totally quiet. It's so weird. I was uh, in the tunnel. I was in the Fort Pitt tunnels the other day coming home from work. And there was this a cacophony of noises that was coming from behind me. The first time I heard the noise, I thought a major wreck had happened. But in the end, because this car was behind me the entire time, it was making like like industrial noises and like sounds of metal clapping on metal. I was like, what is this? And at the very end, the person who was behind me, they got into the opposite lane. They switched lanes illegally. It was some kid in some big, beautiful BMW. And I talked to my son about it. He said, you can program your car now to make sound. Really? So not natural sound coming right. from your engine? It was not a natural. Well, that's lame. Any, well, that's, that's, what, lame. that's what I would imagine the Ferrari would do. They would create a soundtrack, essentially, for your for your car. But that's fake. Yeah, this is the age we live in. All right. Right? So Would you like to see the the, the uh, Ferrari yeah, SUV? Yeah, please. Yeah, you got a picture of it? Uh, no, I don't have a picture of it. I, I didn't see a picture of it. Okay. But the cheapest Ferrari starts at uh, $260,000. Well, come on. I, and I would never want to own one. No, you'd be of a nervous not. wreck. No, what would you? What could you do with a Ferrari no. in Pittsburgh? Nothing. You'd be behind all the other cars that you're behind now. <laughs> right, I'll be still stuck in the four pit tunnel. Limited edition models usually cost close to a million dollars. Yeah, good luck with that. All right, we'll take a quick break. We do come back. The Race Wise Family: Ten Postures to Becoming Households of Healing and Hope. Helen Lee will join us next. It's the ride home. We are Pittsburgh's Christian Talk on 101.5 Word FM, WORD. Okay. 101.5 WORD. This week on Truth for Life, we're continuing our examination of biblical marriage. We'll take a closer look at the significance of the wedding vows, and we'll learn about the roles of husbands and wives. How do we fulfill those roles God's way? That's our focus this week on Truth for Life with Alistair Begg. Tomorrow morning at 6 on 101.5 WORD. Your spouse has said your marriage is over and they're ready to walk out the door. So where does that leave you? I'm Dr. Joe Bean, founder of Marriage Helper. We've helped thousands of couples in this exact situation. We want to share with you the things you can do right now to start turning this crisis around. If you're somebody who's lying in bed, sobbing yourself to sleep because your husband has left you or walked out on you or your wife has left you and you think, oh, well, this is it now. It's not it. There is hope. We're going to teach you the three things you need to start doing immediately to get your spouse back. If your marriage is in crisis, you're not going to want to miss this special Save My Marriage event happening on lovestories.com. Visit lovestories.com for the free Save My Marriage mini course happening right now on lovestories.com. That's lovestories.com. I love seeing the transformation of a smile. There's a reason patients love Dr. Megan Stock, voted Pittsburgh Trib's best of the best dentist in northern Allegheny County for the second year in a row. You don't have to do full mouth rehabilitation to really transform a patient's life. For a patient to be able to smile confidently and be happy with their own smile. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. Stock Family Dentistry, Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Parents are an extremely important part of their child's education. Cara Bell. 
principal at Jubilee Christian School in Mount Lebanon. We try to partner with parents and try to instill values that the parents want as well. We love to have parents come in and volunteer for activities, for recess, for lunch, to help out in the classrooms. Field experiences once a month. We try to team so that we can meet the child's needs. Imagine, believe, achieve. Jubilee Christian School, K-7 through grade, now enrolling for the fall at jubileecs.org. This is Tim Seckler inviting you to tune in each and every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by my law firm, the Seckler Law Firm. Each week, we'll talk about your family's well-being as it relates to elder law, nursing home stays, estate planning, and keeping your hard-earned savings. And if you missed the Life and Legacy Show, you will find it archived at secklerlawfirm.com. See you Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show. Study finds, John. There's a self-care shortage in America. What does that mean? I don't Alice? know. But self-care. What does that bother? Listen to my response. <laughs> I should have asked you before. Just I the whole. It should we talk about the Furbies instead? No, no, no. What, what, how many Furbies? Ten thousand Furbies? Yeah, they're coming back to Pittsburgh. Self-care Furbies? No, what? okay, no, no. These are two different stories. Oh, okay. but I'm sure there are self-care Furbies. But that's not what I, why I brought this up. Uh, an article in study finds that Americans feel relaxed for only 40 minutes per day. Well, okay, is that? I find that hard to believe. You see, it, are you saying when you're on your phone that you're not relaxed because basically you're blown off? So if you're on your phone for longer, you're choosing. If your phone doesn't relax you, you could choose to be off of it and be relaxed. Yeah. Because I believe that millions and millions and millions of us are on our phones as a form of escape and or relaxation. Yeah. Now, so, you know, the, and depending upon how that question was phrased during a, right, an interview, people would say, oh, yeah, well, I, what would I consider relaxation? Me sitting on my couch, you know, having a drink and just chilling out with nothing. 40 well, minutes. Well, the fact of the matter is, most of us, m- hours and hours and hours on the phone or in front of a screen. Is that relaxing or not? Well, I don't know. What are you choosing okay. to spend your time with? Is it, how, what do you do to relax? Nothing. Literally nothing. Like like right now, like mm-hmm. in like this is prime time for me. Once the weather changes... And my chores are done in the yard or in the house and whatnot. I'm happy to sit outside on a chair in my backyard. And listen nothing. to music. Read nothing. a book. L- literally nothing. Watch the birds. See the deer go by. Look at the turkeys. Just, you know, it's just, and it's a suburban backyard. Mm-hmm. And I'm surrounded by all this beauty. The flowers, the trees, the wind, the birds in the sky. I mean, it's... Uh, I don't need anything. You're living the contemplative life. I don't know if it is or not. Uh, now, I do have my phone with me. And, you know, of course, like everybody else, I'm addicted to the thing. So I will pick it up. But true relaxation is to be outside, not a care in the world. Mm-hmm. You? How do I relax? Yeah. I feel like you'd think that'd be an easier question to answer. 
I mean, I. That's probably the 40 minute thing because people probably couldn't answer it well. Right. And so they had to pick something. And so they ended up with 40 minutes. I feel like by the time I'm done making dinner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're done. From that point on, I think I'm relaxed. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Because I come home from work. I'm busy making food. Do you know what I mean? I do go through the whole dinner thing. Blah, 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 blah. Once we start to eat, I feel like I'm pretty good. Now, there, there, it's always between 9 and 10.30, I have an energy burst where I go and do, do things. Uh-huh. Go and do things. 9 to 10.30. Almost so, every night without planning it. I just – I tend to do that. 9 to 10.30. Hmm. So I'll, you know, do laundry or I'll, you know, clean up a room I'll scrub something. I'll clean the bathtub, like whatever it is. I'll do that between nine. Whatever it is, I'll do that between nine and ten thirty. And then after ten thirty, then I'm in a vegetative state. Okay, so then you could fit in that profile pretty much. I don't. Well, I don't think so. It's much more than forty minutes. It's not much. What is it? Two it's, hours max. It's late well, at night. Ten thirty, twelve. Th- yeah, but 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 I said I have that period from when I'm done making dinner. Okay. Until. Until that time hits. So I'm fine. I don't feel like I need more time to relax. See, I think, and we talked about this. We, we had a little meeting here. What do you do at nighttime? Right? We, we all gathered for a, a little birthday celebration. And and what was said in that in that room pretty much defines, I think, a lot of people. Is that at the end of the day, you leave work, you go home, you know, your commute home, then you, then you have some dinner. And all that time generally... I think a lot of people are still in some form or another working mm-hmm. because of laptops and whatnot that we tend to sure. work even in well, our and supposed free hours. Even if we're hours. not working for work, what about how long it takes to do bills now? Mm-hmm. How, you know, to sort through all of that. What about, you know, if you find out that you were overcharged on your visa bill and that could take you an hour to work out oh, I get it. or you have, you know what I mean? UPMC. You, exactly. I, I, or I you, have, people. you have an issue with the gas company or you have a thing you have to work out with your taxes or whatever. That kinds of stuff take just eats time, eats time. But I, I, get I, have, what you're I don't have health insurance. I have private health insurance. Yeah. And which I very much appreciate. And I think I get a really good deal on it. I've talked about it on Word FM before, but it is a time consuming venture. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing I do. It's just it, a lot of those things that aren't necessarily work related are still work. Right. Okay. So, like, I was, I was reading a, the American Workman, the John Kane book. Here was a guy who was obsessive about his work. He worked physical labor until he was 70 years of age. He also found great enjoyment in his art. So his art was his relaxation, mm. right? But I think very few of us find relaxation in those kind of activities. I agree, which I think could be unhealthy. People used to have way more hobbies mm-hmm. than they do now. I think our hobbies now are, are our phones. Yeah. Which can in some ways point to the outrage and the dislocation yep. we feel from each yep. other. Lack of hobbies. That we think it's relaxing, but really it's not. There's no relaxation in there. Often, do you ever have this experience where in the evening I'll be doing something on my phone? Like I'll be trying, like the other night I was like, I had to, I had like a coupon for this one store 
and then I had this extra coupon, and so if I ordered it before 12, I was going to double it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so you're like, okay, I have, to, I have to do this, Too I have to anxious. do this. And then it ended up taking a really long time because I couldn't remember my password, mm-hmm. and then I had to ask them to send me a new path, and mm-hmm. I just said, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like incredible. Uh... And so it's like 11 o'clock at night, and I'm thinking, I need to finish this, I need to finish this, I need to finish this, so I can relax. Mm-hmm. And you think, look at all that time i burned on my phone doing the order and then you sort of reached for that arc and then you finally like you know you go past that artificial line that you've created for yourself and you go oh this is my relaxation time but it's not really no you're still carrying that you know burn from all the anxiety that you just went through yeah yeah i don't think we're good at relaxing and i'm not saying that we are the hardest working people on the face of the earth but i do think that we are not good at relaxing remember like you ever been someplace like i I remember living in um new york city and you would see um especially downtown and you know towards chinatown in public parks and in public spaces you would often see uh elderly asians doing uh fulangang or tai chi yeah 10 15 20 people at a time going through these silent motions together and I said, at first time I saw it, I was like, what is going on there? Yeah. But it looked to me very relaxing. Like they have, you know, you submit yourself to yeah. that. Yeah, to a discipline. And we tend to think of relaxation as a solitary enterprise. When in fact, when we can relax with family or friends, I think it bears much more fruit. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good point. You made a couple good points there, John. <laughs> I don't know. I shouldn't sound surprised. No, wait, wait. Just showed up. Just showed up and sat down happened. and had a conversation with you. I don't know what happened. I don't know. Okay, so four, you're saying most Americans are saying they get 40, 40 minutes, minutes a day. Per day. I don't buy it. Uh, okay. Christy, how long do you think you relax? Do you think 40 minutes sounds too small? It sounds a little small. Okay. What do you do to relax? Um, I usually play video games or mm-hmm. watch TV. How relaxing are video games? Because they seem tense to me. It depends on what the video game is. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm just driving a car around. Oh, that's then, fine. Yeah, 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 that's fun. Yeah. But if it's like a, a shooter game, then it's tense. Com- well, it's not tense. It's just more complicated. Mm-hmm. But the- okay. But do you find that like renewing? Yes. Because okay. I'm not doing it. I'm not thinking about anything or nothing's making me anxious. I'm just playing my game. Right. Okay. How many women do you know, Christy, play video games? Mm. It depends, like, people that I know personally? Yeah. Oh. Um, a lot? Do you have a circle? Do you like, play in a group? Yeah, we play in a group. Yeah. And there's a lot of, not a lot of us, but there's more than you would think. Interesting. Because I would think pretty much it's a, a large majority male kind of thing. It is dominated by men, but yeah. there's a lot of even famous female gamers. Gamers, yeah. Which is an, also another weird thing, because you think... People watching other people playing video games. Like, I've done that with my kids. I do not get that even a little bit. I the, highly enjoy it. Really? I do. Okay, what's, what, tell, me, tell me what that is. I mean, the person has to be enjoyable, one. Like, they have to be fun. Okay. And they, you know, just interact with the people in the chat that are watching them. And depending on the game, I usually just watch games that I play. And I almost use it as a cheat. A cheat. That's it. So, what, learning so, so you get yes. like, okay, yeah. then I know what to do in that right. mission okay. or whatever. Okay. So I can see that relaxation. I, I just can't, like, I can't imagine going to PPG, to the paint, 
and paying 40 bucks to watch a guy play video games. Well, that's a different generation. I would do it. Would See? you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. All right. How do we relax? All right. 40 minutes a day. Anyway, we need to take a break. Right. When we come back, uh, the Bleacher Brothers, John, they're embarking on a nationwide ballpark journey. But here's the thing that's different about them. Hmm. They're Franciscan monks. <laughs> so they make quite a stir. We'll talk about them next Thursday on the ride home. The free AutoZone Fix Finder service can help troubleshoot the likely cause of your pesky check engine light for free and help you save time and money down the road. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. Remember the starter home? Young marrieds or singles just starting out in life, buying that first house? We did it. I bet you did too. Wasn't that a glorious feeling? It sure beats renting. Sadly, starter homes have basically vanished because, as we all know, housing prices have gone through the roof. The good news in all this? Cash out refinance. Now, if you bought a starter home or any home within the past decade, you're sitting on a gold mine. Reinvest in your home. Cash out the equity in your home and do something awesome. Get rid of your debt. Cash out refinancing makes sense because United Faith Mortgage is the preferred lender here at Word FM. Their commitment to us is because they are us. Faith and family is who they are, and that's a big deal. Plus, United Faith Mortgage has the direct lender advantage, and that's big. Plus, they'll pay $500 of your appraisal fee on your refinance. Refinance today. United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Hi, this is Brad Marshall, General Manager here at Salem, Pittsburgh. If you're listening to my voice right now, you're a listener to our station. If you love this station and you have experience in sales, we'd love to talk to you. You already understand our mission and what we do. So now maybe you'd like to join this team. If you have sales experience and understand digital marketing, we might have a job for you. Call me and we'll discuss the next steps. Call Brad, 412-503-4770. If you love us, come join us. It could be a life-changing opportunity for you. You'll never know unless you call. As you know, our friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. Now, Mike didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Now, Mike has done it again by introducing his My Slippers. For a limited time, you'll save $90 on a pair of My Slippers. And now this blowout sale of the year will not last, so order now. Mike has taken over two years to develop these slippers. My Slippers are designed to wear indoors and out all day long, so they're super comfy. Made with my pillow foam and impact gel to help prevent fatigue for your feet. Made also with quality leather suede. These are my pillow slippers at their best. Call 1-800-391-0954. Use the promo code word or go to mypillow.com. Click on the radio listener square. Use promo code word. Now the offer is not going to last long. So order now with promo code word at mypillow.com. 1-800-391-0954. Use the promo code word. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey.
Partly cloudy skies expected for tonight. We'll see a nighttime low of 69. Mostly sunny tomorrow. Breezy, less humid, not as warm. We'll reach a high of 81. Mainly clear and cooler tomorrow night with a low of 54. Mostly sunny Saturday. Breezy and pleasant. Use sunscreen for extended time outdoors. We'll reach a high Saturday of 68. Sunday, pleasant periods of clouds and sun, the high 74. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Well, we missed the uh, the Franciscans. The Bleacher Brothers were in town. June 3rd. And heck's sake, I wish I would have known we could have had them on the show. Listen, I am sad that we, uh, that would have been such a terrific opportunity. Yeah, yeah. If you haven't seen these guys, uh, the Bleacher Brothers are Franciscan friars. Casey Cole and Roberto Tito Sereno. Now, St. Francis uh, formed his religious order back in 1209, so that was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. No baseball. Um, right. But there was no baseball then. And he was committed, of course, to living in poverty. Um, St. Francis was like a, um, like a frat boy before his conversion. Right. He was from a rich family. His dad doted on him. He was obnoxious. He was like the, like a kid you can imagine from an Ivy League school who had everything, who, mm. you know, was good looking and, you know, downhill skied and had a Porsche and at 18. Right. And then everything changed for him when he became a believer. So the Franciscans, as you said, Kath. Right, in his model. For centuries have taken a vial of poverty. But uh, in America, that's loosened somewhat. However, the Franciscans do eschew earthly pleasure. Yeah. Uh, But that has not uh, deterred two Franciscan brothers who have, um, they've been given a charge to go out and be part of the world, to go and see the world and draw people into the order in a Christ-like manner. Or to draw, not just to draw people into the order, sorry, to, I don't mean to interrupt, That's okay. but to draw people to Christ. Yes. So they don't have to become, they're not asking you to become Franciscan. a Franciscan, but they're urging you to reconsider your faith. Right. So these two brothers, they have gone on a pilgrimage to <laughs> of sorts to all 30 major league ballparks which if you're a you know baseball geek that's everybody's bucket list i would love to do that so there they were in pittsburgh on june 3rd Uh, they began in miami on may 25th they're going to wind up in denver july 30th and he says um brother casey says uh it's not necessarily a concrete goal to bring people to Christ, but it has to be an encounter with people to listen. Maybe they want to tell us something. What we found is that we're not really encountering a ton of people that aren't already faithful. We're finding a lot of people and active Christians who are inspired by what we're doing and finding it fascinating. Now, at their, in PNC Park, people are coming up to them, and one person said, I haven't been to confession. I haven't confessed my sins to someone for a long time. Will you hear my confession? At PNC Park. Yeah. So they found a corner, and these two guys went back, and one man heard another man's confession. I love that. I mean. I really do. That it was that important. To- yeah. Divest himself of the yeah. load he's been carrying. He said, um, Uh, Somebody says, at a pair stop in Detroit, a group of young 20-something women who were clearly having a good time, whatever that means, according to Friar Casey, they shouted across the section at the Friars. They were unsure what to think heading into the interaction, but the women just wanted to pray right there in the stands. 
come on over and pray. Okay, now here's the the thing. For people who haven't seen the photographs of the Bleacher Brothers, they are decked out in their full Franciscan garb. So when they're in a ballpark, like when they were at PNC Park, it's a floor-length cassock. Mm -hmm. Brown. It's brown. It is, like I said, it is old school. 1209. I mean, it's super... It would really stand out. Yeah. So if you're wondering why people are coming up and saying things to them, that's because you can't, you can't hide. And especially if people with no religious upbringing, one of the brothers said, people think we're characters from Star Wars. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and so it just we've got a friend Jay, Pastor Jay Slocum, who's dedicated for years. He's he's an Anglican priest. For years, Jay said, I, I never wore my collar. But then I was convicted to wear my collar. And he tells one story after another that people see him. They think he's a Catholic priest. And they approach him and want to, like we're describing here, they want an interaction. Mm-hmm. Isn't that something that's so beautiful that if you identify yourself, and you know, and of course, we are called to that, to let our light shine, which we rarely are able to do, that people see that and then avail themselves of that light to come in encounter with each other. Yeah. But that physical thing, whether it's the robe or the collar, is it dra- a signal. Yeah, it's a sign. Yeah. Now, Friar Casey apparently has a YouTube channel, which got a lot of traction during COVID-19. And yeah. so some people recognized him at PNC Park what? from that channel, which I'd never heard of. And neither have I. I'd never heard of. Anyway, so they're not blood brothers. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're not biological brothers, but they're brothers in the sense that they are both uh, Franciscan friars. Anyway, it's a really good... Uh, it's a really good article in the PG today. So About small conversations, uh-huh. about people of faith who come together and advancing the kingdom of God. That's really what it is. Yeah. He, I, Friar Casey said, I think some people immediately, hopefully, think, oh, that's still a thing? Or, I should get my life together. Or, you know, that's a sign. I don't think we'll see the fruit of this in our experience. People will take it back to their lives. Maybe small conversations will become something else years later. Very nice. Too bad to miss them. Anyway, we'll take a quick break. When we do come back, we're going to talk about forgiveness through the lens of the prodigal son and Luke 15 with Pastor Eric Andre. That's straight ahead. We are Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. It's the ride home here on Word FM. 101.5 WORD. Is America blessed considering its prosperity and freedom and security? Or is it cursed for tolerating sin and rejecting God? Well, to answer that question, it's a good idea to consult history, biblical history. John MacArthur takes you to Scripture and shows you God's Word to an ungodly society on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month. And that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes 
Very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. My heart was racing just making spaghetti. I could have waited to tell my doctor, but I didn't wait. I was short of breath just reading a book. I could have delayed telling my doctor, but I didn't wait. They told their doctors and found out they have atrial fibrillation, a condition which makes it about five times more likely to have a stroke. If you have one or more of these symptoms, irregular heartbeat, heart racing, chest pain, shortness of breath, fatigue, or lightheadedness, this is no time to wait. Contact your doctor. Brought to you by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. If a super flexible schedule, great benefits, paid time off, and a signing bonus sound good, consider NAMS Transportation. NAMS has provided safe transportation to Northern Allegheny County and Pittsburgh seniors for over 40 years. Van drivers start at $17 an hour, sedan drivers at $14 an hour, plus a $2,000 signing bonus for part-time drivers and a $4,000 signing bonus for full-time. Must be 25 or older, no CDL required. Call 412-406-8611 today. The Mechanical Services Company. Trusted, proven, preferred. If you can fix the big stuff, you can fix the small stuff. The Mechanical Services Company has fixed HVAC systems large and small for over 100 years. For fair treatment, expert service, and affordable solutions 24-7-365, find them online at tmschvac.com. The Mechanical Services Company. The stumbling block for a lot of us is forgiveness. To receive it, to give it, it's a very difficult, complex aspect of what it is to be a believer. Pastor Pastor Eric Andre is with us. Pastor Andre is the campus chaplain at Lutheran Student Fellowship of Pittsburgh, also at First Trinity Church in North Oakland, here today to talk to us about forgiveness through the prodigal son lens. Pastor, welcome back. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We can't complain. Nice to hear from you, Eric. Yeah, good to be with you. Yeah. Listen, we just talked about a uh, a story about two Franciscan monks, or no, Franciscan friars, who are uh, traveling the country, and they're going to each individual Major League Baseball ballpark to just be out there in their garb, garb their cassock, as they call it, and just to kind of remind people about you know, living a holy life and about seeking God and God seeking them and just being in uh, in culture. And John said that a portion of their experience at PNC Park is someone came up to them and said that they really wanted, they hadn't had, they hadn't gone to confession in a long time. And they wondered if one of them could hear his confession. And so one of the friars said yes. And so they went off into a corner of PNC Park and heard his confession. That's how much this man or woman was longing for forgiveness. That's how important it is. It has to be right now. Yeah. You know, I've been thinking a lot about uh, the prodigal son, the parable well-known to, to most of us, most of your listeners, Luke chapter 15. And it's, it, it's in a series of parables there in the same chapter on, on lostness. Really, there's the lost coin, the woman sweeps her whole house looking for it, uh, the lost sheep, the shepherd leaves the 99 to find the one lost, and then and then the lost son, the prodigal son. And um, all of them seemingly are about, you know, what we would certainly call one of the chief corollaries of forgiveness, and that is repentance. 
right? As a matter of fact, when and but this is something I just noticed the other day. I, I think if we, I was going to even ask you guys the the trick question. Uh, you know, is the parable of the prodigal son a parable about repentance? And you know, you can answer if you wish. Or I can put you on the spot. I think most people, the, the knee-jerk reaction is, yes, it's a parable about repentance. The prodigal son asks for his inheritance, uh, which, of course, is the same as saying you're dead to me, right? Because when do you get the inheritance? You get it when someone dies. So he, he tells the father, you're dead to me. Um, you know, give me what's coming to me. He goes off to far country. He wastes it on prodigal living, uh, you know, prostitutes, what have you, uh, and, and ends up, you know, of course, destitute, ends up, uh, ends up feeding the pigs. Now, remember, this is a parable told to a Jewish crowd. And of course the pig is an unclean animal according to their uh, law. And uh, so this, you know, he's, he's, he's cut off and dead to his familially. He's cut off and dead to himself. He has not lived up to his own self in terms of how he spent that money and spent his life there. And he's dead spiritually and, and violating uh, the holiness code. And, um, and then it says he comes to his senses. He comes to himself, it says. We would say he comes to his senses like, you know, I'm, I'm going to go back to my father's house. And for, for most people, they say, well, that's, that's repentance. And because he repents, then uh, when he comes home, the father forgives him. But the parable actually doesn't say any of that. It doesn't say he repents. And it doesn't say the father forgives him because of anything the son had done. Right? As a matter of fact, the son rehearses this speech, right? I'll go, you know, th- this is what happens, right? He's... He's feeding the pigs and he's eating what he's feeding them. I mean, that's how destitute he is, right? He's, he's, he's wasted all his money. He's degraded himself spiritually and physically with, with the prostitutes and what have you. And he, he says, what am I doing here? I could be living in my father's mansion. All I got to do is go back and, you know, I, I, I've done wrong. I'll tell him. And I, let's take it at face value. I'll tell, I, he, he's being authentic. I'll tell him I've done wrong. Um, I don't deserve to be your son. I'll live as one of your servants. Just welcome me back into the home as a slave. I'll, let, I'll live as one of your servants. And the father, of course, sees him a far way off. And if I remember correctly, I think there's five verbs. He runs. He, he feels compassion for him. He's, well, he sees him. He feels compassion. He runs. He embraces. And he kisses him. Five <laughs> verbs. Five verbs. All that the father does Without anything, with, without waiting to see if the son has cleaned up his life, paid back the money. And when the son starts the rehearsed speech, the father doesn't even let him finish it. And, and, and then he ignores it. He just says, basically, oh, dad, you know, I, I've messed up. Um, can, can I just live as a servant in your house? Ah, I'm not going to hear any of this. Let's throw a party. Put, 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 put this filet mignon on the grill. Get out the best robes. Get the ring. My son, who was dead is now alive. It's a story of resurrection, and that's one way. It's the father who runs. It's the father who sees. It's the father who feels love and compassion. It's the father who embraces and kisses him. And running, by the way, in the ancient Near East of Jesus' time, and I I don't know, maybe still today in that culture, was considered degrading for a, a grown man to run. So the fact, this is the father, the merciful, condescending, humbling father running to his son. If it's a story of repentance, it's the kind of repentance that God does to us, right? There's a verse in Jeremiah where it says, turn me, O Lord, and I will be turned. And Psalm 85 echoes that. So God's forgiveness of us is not contingent upon anything that we do. 
I was forgiven 2,000 years ago, and so were you on a hill outside Calvary, by that same, by the merciful Father of which the parable speaks, which of course is God. Eric, I know all that. I've experienced it. I've seen it. I think it's true, though, for a large majority of people, we can't make sense of it so it doesn't feel really real. Mm. You think? We want, there has to be, we feel deep down inside of us and, and maybe right on the surface, there has to be some role that we play in this. There has to be, at the very least, our good judgment in accepting it. There has to be at least our uh, our, our uh, commitment to getting up every Sunday morning or at least every other Sunday morning and going to church to hear it. There has to be some sliver that separates John, Kathy, and Eric from, from the world out there or from the nominal believer. There has to be. And then, and then we hold on to that sliver uh, like a badge of merit, and it, but, but it, it's, it's an idol. It's the idol of self, and actually, it's it's a fantasy. Uh, Arthur Mark Galley pointed this out. I was reading some stuff by him on this. He says, you know, it's really a fantasy because, again, Christ died long before there was any response I could have to it. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, since we're not inanimate objects, we cannot help but having been resurrected from the dead by this unconditional forgiveness, of course, then we are animated. Then we are alive. Then we respond, of course, in gratitude, in thanksgiving. We, we love this Father. He loves us, and in turn, He draws and elicits out of us love. So repentance in relation to forgiveness, there is this tension, this paradox, that it is both something that Christ's forgiveness both precedes our repentance, but also draws it out of us. In other words, it is something that uh, it calls it forth in terms of transformation. We desire then, the prodigal desires then in the father's house, having been called back, having been engrafted again into the family. Do you think he wakes up the next day and says, oh, I wish I was back with the pigs and the whores? I don't think so. Now, that's not to say that that couldn't be a temptation, right? We can relapse. That's a thing sinners are good at. But But the other thing that, God is even better at is through his love, through his transformative love, he creates, as Augustine, St. Augustine put it, he creates willing out of the unwilling. And that's that's repentance. That's the turn. That's the transformation. But all of that, all, the whole thing is something God does. It's something that God works in us. It's so much so that in the prodigal, in, the, in Luke 15, in these three parables, it's really interesting. And this is the thing that I noticed for the first time the other day. You guys are smart. You probably noticed this several times when you I read it. it. But I noticed it says, that's the, that's the chapter where twice it says the angels rejoice over one sinner who repents. Mm-hmm. But guess what it says? It? it says it after the parable of the coin. That's interesting because coins we don't usually think of as repenting. Right. It says it after the parable of the sheep. We normally don't really think of sheep as repenting either. We think of it as a human thing. After the parable of the prodigal and in the parable of the prodigal, it says nothing about repentance. Hmm. It it just talks about the father's resurrecting mercy. That's all it talks about. And I think that's intentional on Christ's part to make the point. God, repentance is something God does to us. He turns us. He, He can turn us with his word, his stern word of the law. But most of all, he transforms our life. By saying, as Paul puts it in 1 Corinthians 13, let me show you a more excellent way. 
Mm-hmm. But prodigal son, you, you think you think the prostitutes and the pigs was nice? Let me show you a more excellent way back into the Father's. Amen. Yeah. Eric Andre with us, Lutheran Student Fellowship. You can find out more information about Eric also at Trinity First Trinity Church in North Oakland, which is a Lutheran church right there on North Neville Street, um, right off of Fifth Avenue. Eric, um, I want to thank you for coming on and talking about forgiveness because, like I said, it's one of those things that it 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 haunts us if we're if it's if it's not something we recognize that we need, and when we know that the Father's offer is right there for us, then why not take advantage of it today? Just say something before you leave about people who might be hearing this, um, who want to be set free from something. I confess. Yeah, I would say that it's 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 even stronger than an offer. It is it is the announcement of forgiveness. Whether we hear it in the prodigal son parable, or we hear it in the pulpit and sermon, or we hear it in the word of absolution, or we hear it from a friend. That word of forgiveness is it's the delivery of something that's already been achieved. It's it's the party favor. That's <laughs> the party favor that's inviting you into the party of of forgiveness and life and hope. And when we pass that on, by the way, and we we'll have to do another segment on that some other time, but. When we forgive others, we're just passing on the coin of freedom that's already been pressed into our palm. That's a phrase I heard from Chad Bird. It's been pressed into our palm, and we just pass it on to someone else. Hmm. We're passing on God's forgiveness. We we can't do it. We're, you know, if it's left up to us, there's bitterness and anger, and we want to make it transactional. I'll forgive you if you you know do this, but we're just passing on God's unconditional forgiveness, and He can forgive and turn anyone. Amen to that. We all need it, do we not? The grace of God and his deep forgiveness. Eric, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you. See you guys. Pastor Eric Andre, First Trinity Lutheran Church in the Oakland neighborhood of the city of Pittsburgh. Are you a real estate investor looking to refinance one or more of your properties? Most lenders only work with cookie cutter W-2 borrowers. At Cash Call Mortgage, we have loans designed specifically for investment properties. We qualify customers based on the cash flow from the investment property. Borrowers can get up to $2.5 million. That's right, $2.5 million. No tax returns or employment verification needed for our investment property loans and absolutely no lender or broker fees. If you're a real estate investor looking to refinance a mortgage on one or more of your investment properties, give Cash Call Mortgage a try. To see if you qualify, visit CashCallMortgage.com or call now, 800-940-7998. That's 800-940-7998. 800-940-7998. Cash Call Mortgage is a DBA of Impact Mortgage Corp. NMLS ID 128231. Not all applicants will qualify. Equal housing lender. Licensed by California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation. Residential Mortgage Lending Act License Number 4131083. Not licensed in all states including New York. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions or visit CashCallMortgage.com. Turkey and stuffing, real mashed potatoes, sliced top round, Aunt Emma's broccoli casserole, chicken and gravy over buttermilk biscuits. Am I making you hungry yet? Hi, it's me, Marsha, from The Spring House. You have a special event coming up in your life, a shower, a wedding, graduation party, company party, anniversary event, or any occasion where you'd love to serve all-natural, farm-fresh foods, then it's time to give the Springhouse Catering Department a call at 724-228-3339. 
From your first conversation with Dawn, who will help you create a menu that's unique to you, to the beautiful, bounteous setup and display that my sister Jill and her crew create, you will be delighted. After every catering event, Jill tells our cooks, I wish I could take you with me so you could hear all the wonderful comments guests give us. Give us a call at 724-228-3339 or check out our extensive menu at springhousemarket.com for farm-fresh catering from the Springhouse. Our real goal at RPTS is to train people for ministry. Whether training to be a pastor or just wanting to grow in your walk with God, you'll find what you're looking for at RPTS. We want to see them really grounded in their theological growth. We want it to be heart-directed as well. We want to see students prepared to serve and to love the people of God and develop ministries that we think have a great partnership with the local church. Learn more about the MTS degree program and flexible online options at at rpts.edu. Original Mattress Factory customers understand the value of buying local. Because we hand-build our products in our local factory, our customers can see exactly how their mattress is made. They can see and feel the difference in quality for themselves. Original Mattress Factory customers know that they'll be treated like a neighbor in our stores. They can rest assured that their dollar is going further thanks to our factory direct value. And their purchase supports their community. Visit an OMF location today to experience the original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. Sometimes, sometimes in our daily back and forth, whether we're talking to family members, we're writing something online, maybe we're working, maybe we're writing in our diary or something. Do you ever think to yourself, I just say the same things all over and over again. Yeah. I just repeat the same drivel. We have an expansive language here, and at my disposal, I only utilize 5% of it. I thought the same thing last night. I was like, guests joined us on the air yesterday, so I often say, hey, thanks for being with us. I just sort of follow up. I repeat the same thing. Every time. And then I'm writing oftentimes to writers. So then they're writing, and I go, look at that vocabulary. Right, and what am I doing? Yeah, just like mashing together words. So I'm introducing a new segment on the ride home, Uh Uh-oh, tell me. The word of the day. The word of the day. These are words that maybe you haven't heard before, or maybe they're they've fallen out of usage mm-hmm. and could be revived. If the word of the day is successful. If you like it. All right. If you think it is going to work with your All lifestyle, right. you ready? So you're going to give us a word and then use it in a sentence. I am going. Yes. It's like all I, I will give you the word, grade, Mrs. Subak, and I will give you the definition, and then I will use oh, it. Oh, good. In a okay. Sentence. Thank you very much. Okay. We did this in eighth grade, you know. Did you? Mm, yeah. We had, we had a word of the day, Mrs. Subak, on the right hand side of the blackboard. Okay. She would write the word of the day, then she would, you know, break it down, tell us what it was, and you know, the, you know, whole, and then use it in a sentence, and then we were forced to use it in a sentence. It helped my vocabulary. Okay. Well, I hope this works the same way. All right. Thank you, Mrs. Subek. The word is spuddle. S-P-U-D-D-L-E. Spuddle. Spuddle. Not spittle. Spuddle. Very different. Yeah. A verb from the 17th century, John, mm. that means to work feebly and ineffectively <laughs> because your mind is elsewhere or you haven't quite woken up yet. Oh, this is a perfect word for our society. Exactly. To be extremely busy Whilst achieving absolutely nothing. Mm, spinning your wheels and going practically nowhere. Right. So this morning, between the hours of 6 and 8.30 a.m., a.m., I spuddled. I spuddled. 
Is someone a spuddler? Yes. He's a spuddler. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All she does is spuddle. What did you guys do last night? Eh, uh, spuddled. spuddled. I like that word. Exactly. Spuddle. Mm-hmm. That's I'm gonna, it. Okay, I like it. Thank you. That's your word for the day. Well, there's not a whole lot of spuddling going on between no. four and six. There really isn't. Now, isn't it a good exercise to just... I'm, we're going to find a way to use that word. Okay. Right? Well, during the five o'clock break here, usually I get up and walk around and stretch. Yeah, miss. Today, I'm a spuddle. <laughs> You're going to be extremely busy whilst achieving absolutely nothing. That's it, because you know why? I'm picking up my phone. <laughs> Good. <laughs> they should they should call your phone, like, you know, your eye spuddle. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, very nice. Okay. All right, we'll take a quick break. We uh, encourage you to come back. That's right. In the 5 o'clock hour, it's Ask the Pastor. Whatever questions you might have, personally, theologically, maybe you've never been to a church, maybe you spent your life in a church, whatever that question is, next, Reverend Chris Marshall. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The January 6th committee continues hearings today with a focus on the role of former Vice President Mike Pence. Bob Agnew reports. John, committee chairman Benny Thompson of Georgia says former President Trump, frustrated at his election loss, latched onto what he calls a nonsensical and anti-democratic theory. That one man, his own vice president, could determine the outcome of the election. Republicans continue to lampoon the hearings as a waste of time, a diversion away from the Democrats' own failed policies. This takes their eye off the ball of fighting inflation. This interferes with their statutory obligation and their independence. That's Republican Study Committee Vice Chairman Mike Johnson. And John, the panel is promising it will prove that then-President Trump knew he had lost the election, but pressured Vice President Pence to reject the results all the same. Bob Agner reporting. This is SRN News. I've, I've always been kind of cynical towards advertising, which I know doesn't make much sense considering I'm currently recording a commercial. It's all the fluffy words that make us cynical, right? A once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, a blue light special, but only, of course, if you call right now. It all kind of makes me nauseous, and yet here I am about to say that right now actually might be a once-in-a-lifetime moment for some of us, and that is the opportunity of a cash-out refinance. Arguably never has there been a moment in time like the last few years where home values have jumped at crazy historical levels, leaving all this extra money sitting inside our homes. A cash-out refinance lets you put that extra money in your pocket to use for life. If you'd like to see your options, we are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Meadow Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. If you are 65 or older, you know this. It's really frustrating to deal with out-of-pocket medical expenses. Watching your hard-earned dollars just flying out the window. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare has a new option called MediShare 65+. Plus. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills, and it really is a community. People encourage and pray for each other. And MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B that fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. 
It's great for peace of mind. You can use your Medicare-approved doctor and get prescription savings, dental and vision savings. Very worth looking into, and it's so easy to find out why people rave about the customer service at MediShare. They're great to talk to on the phone. Here's the number. Call 833-SHARE-55. That's 833-SHARE-55. 833-SHARE-55. Here's to Eden Christian Academy's Class of 2022 on being accepted at over 100 colleges and universities, on winning nearly $2.3 million in academic scholarships to your National Merit Scholars who joined the top 1% of the nation, the senior athletes who were signed to play collegiate sports, and for your accomplishments in the arts, mock trial, community service, and more. Congratulations. Go forth and let your light shine. Eden Christian Academy, pre-K through 12th grade at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Hey. It's me, your cell phone. We need to talk about something. Something serious. I know you love me. I know you like using me wherever you are. But I feel like this isn't working out when you're driving. I know you may think that it's possible to focus both on me and the road. But I just don't feel the same way. I think we should spend time away from each other when you're driving. It's for the best. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Partly cloudy skies expected for tonight. We'll see a nighttime low of 69. Mostly sunny tomorrow. Breezy, less humid, not as warm. We'll reach a high of 81. Mainly clear and cooler tomorrow night with a low of 54. Mostly sunny Saturday. Breezy and pleasant. Use sunscreen for extended time outdoors. We'll reach a high Saturday of 68. Sunday, pleasant. Periods of clouds and sun. The high 74. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today. A very hot and humid day. Of course, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know, right? Mm, That is Mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, John, more than 20 pregnancy resource centers and offices of pro-life groups across the nation have been attacked since the leak of the Supreme Court opinion indicating that uh, there were justices at that point in February who were likely to overturn Roe versus Wade. Uh, An organization called Jane's Revenge has claimed responsibility for a slew of these attacks. And just this afternoon, the president's administration has condemned this organization and the radical uh, communications that they are putting out. Um, a, a missive by Jane's Revenge posted by Abolition Media. Uh, this is what they said. You have seen that we are real and that we are not merely pushing empty words. The message went on, John, to claim responsibility for attacks on pro-life organizations and groups in Madison, Wisconsin, Fort Collins, Colorado, Risertown, Massachusetts, Olympia, Washington, Des Moines, Iowa, Linwood, Washington, Washington, D.C. It goes on and on and on and on and on. There are many of them. Um, Talked about this the other day. The Jane's Revenge message warned pro-life advocates, quote, your 30 days expired yesterday. We offered an honorable way out. You could have walked away, but now the leash is off. We have demonstrated in the past month how easy and fun it is to attack. We are versatile, mercurial, and we answer to no one but ourselves. We promise to take increasingly drastic measures against oppressive infrastructure, 
rest assured we will. And those messages and measures may not come in the form of something so easily cleaned up as fire and graffiti. Any pro-life group that closes its doors and stops operating will not be the target of the wrath of Jane's revenge, the message said. But the group issued a message to those who continue to provide services to pregnant women in need, quote, it's open season and we know where your operations are. They went on to say the infrastructure of the enslavers will not survive. We will never stop, back down, slow down or retreat. We did not want this, but it is upon us, and we must deal with it proportionally. Why are people so vile? What is the deal? I'm happy to say that uh, President Joe Biden has come out, as I said, um, and denounced this. Uh, His press secretary, Alexandra LaManna, told the Daily Wire today, quote, violence and destruction of property have no place in our country under any circumstances, and the president denounces this. Uh, yeah, that's fine. That's all well and good. But I often feel this administration talking out of both sides of their mouth. Well, it could be, but at least they're talking out of this side of their mouth uh, right now. And so mm-hmm. I'm glad for it. So locally, can you imagine, I mean, locally or across the country, what contingency plans, how do you protect your space? Well, everyone's trying to figure out how to protect their space. Uh, Supreme Court justices are trying to figure out how to protect themselves. Their homes and their children. Right. Um, I, it's... I, off the leash. I know. I just think we have to turn the temperature down and just try and just get back to a place. We're not going to. It's people, not going to happen. Well, I think we. But but just saying it's not going to happen is not going to. When you read that, solve anything. Do you think anyone's turning the temperature down? They're talking about. Right. We're coming to okay. get you. Okay. We're off the leash. Okay. But if they're off the leash, then the appropriate response isn't for there to be more people. No, off of course the leash. not. No, not that's from, the not problem. From, uh, no. That's the problem is that we have to turn the temperature down and figure out how to speak with one another, people who have different perspectives than we do. Just talk about it. So everything doesn't have to be a radical missive. But they don't want to speak, like, Kath. They want to no, produce violence. Don't. You're absolutely right. They don't. Right, they so don't. How do you defend but, yourself against that right. forthcoming And storm? I don't know. I'm not the right person to ask what the what a defense is like. Because I don't – we'd have to talk to people who are – in in the planning stages, exactly, or, figure, or well beyond that, figuring out how to do that. But just from a ideological perspective, we have to do our best to stay open. We're called to love our enemies, and this is a perfect opportunity to do it. Um, and as hard as it is, we have to be as committed as we can. All right. So that's an excellent question. How then do I love my enemies? Or how then? Do I become a believer in Jesus? Or what is communion about? Or help me to understand what it is the Holy Spirit wants in my life. I think all those questions, we as believers, whatever phase of where we are in our walk, whether we're new believers or we've been Christians for a long time, whatever that is, I think everybody has questions about what it is to be in the faith, to be of the faith. We'd like to avail um, ourselves of this time because we'll take a quick break and we do come back. Pastor Chris Marshall will join us. It's our feature that we go to from time to time. We call it Ask the Pastor. Whatever your question, any of those questions John just said, or any others. Or more, 800-320-8255. 
We've got a pastor live in studio, Chris Marshall. What are your questions? Chris will have an answer. 101.5 WORD. Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music is here on the weekend. With the best new music. New music. New music from Ben Fuller, Who I Am. It's Who I Am. Rebecca St. James with for King and Country, Kingdom Come. And Toby Mack with Blessing Offer, The Goodness. Celebrating 20 years of bringing Pittsburgh's favorites and the best new music. 101.5 WORD. On the weekend. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call Select Quote at 1-800-940-6161. That's 1-800-940-6161. Or go to SelectQuote.com. That's 1-800-940-6161. Select Quote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Cornerstone Television is dishing out all new episodes to fill your home with truth and joy this season. From Hope Today to Origins, Hard Questions, Sister to Sister, Today's Nashville, Move Your Mountain, and Dashing Dish. Taste the best of local Christian TV on Cornerstone Television Network, where hope happens. That's Fios Channel 505 or Channel 805 on Comcast Xfinity. The Mechanical Services Company, trusted, proven, preferred. If you can fix the big stuff, you can fix the small stuff. The Mechanical Services Company has fixed HVAC systems large and small for over 100 years. For fair treatment, expert service, and affordable solutions 24-7, 365. Find them online at TMSCHVAC.com. The Mechanical Services Company, trusted, proven, preferred. Are you tired of exposing your retirement to stock market risk? How would you like the potential to participate in credited interest from market indexed returns and limit the downside? Join Michael Bettelini for the Retirement and Income Radio Show, Saturdays at 11.30 a.m. here on Word FM. You can also call Michael Bettelini now for your complimentary customized Retirement and Income Radio Kit and Retirement and Income Radio Book at 1-844-449-SAFE. That's 1-844-449-7233. got a question? Pastor Chris Marshall may have an answer for you. Chris joins us from New Life Christian Ministries in Saxonburg, Pennsylvania. It's a feature with the week call, Ask the Pastor. Your phone calls are welcome at 800-320-8255, 800-320-8255. Whatever the question might be, whether it's about family, the Bible, relationships, the Christian walk, scripture, you name it. Chris, we'll have a go at it. Chris, thank you as always for being bold and brave and joining us live on the air. Well, like I always say, I don't always have an answer. I always have a response. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That may be the phrase of the day, right? <laughs> yes. All right, Chris. 800 Bring any and all questions. You name it. 
Take Very it. nice. Listen, we're just going to dive right in. Is that okay with you? Sure. Okay, let's That's go to the phones. Hey, Ken, uh, thanks for joining us. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Fabulous. Got a question for the pastor. This actually comes out of where the Ten Commandments are listed in Exodus 20. Um, after the Second Commandment, it says the Lord um, is punishing to the third and fourth generation of those who hate him. And I was just kind of wondering, does that was that superlative text at the time, or is there something we can take out of that that might apply, I don't know, to modern theories of parenting and attachment theory and mm. things like that? Hey, that's, a good that's a really good question, Ken. But one of the things that I would first respond to from, I always like to answer biblical questions with biblical answers. And later on, Jeremiah says that no longer will it be said the fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set in edge, on edge, but each person will be responsible for their own sin. So that, that scripture in Exodus, you know, I would say is superseded by the the text in Jeremiah, and certainly um, we know that when Jesus came along, he said that he came to fulfill the law and the prophets, um, and that a lot of the stuff that's in the old in the old code, if you will, Jesus actually made more challenging and more difficult. But this particular one, forgiveness seems to be, they were just talking about it in the last hour, but forgiveness seems to be much more all-encompassing in the in the New Testament than it is in the Old. But I, I want to respond to your question, your specific question. You know, what, what can we get from uh, these, these these statements for modern parenting. I think one thing we can get from it is, um, I I am the product, I guess you might say, of a generational some would call curse, but certainly a generational environment of anger, uh, misplaced, inappropriate anger. My great grandfather, my grandfather, my grand, my dad, and I all had it, you know, and. Um, but there came a certain point in my life, and actually, unfortunately, it wasn't until I was 50, but I finally said, you know, I can't blame my dad. I can't blame my grandfather. I have to take accountability and responsibility for who I am in Jesus Christ. Oh, no. And so at that point, I uh, actually I actually read a book by Gary Smalley at the time called Change Your Heart, Change Your Life. And really what he was talking about was two things. That when we have lies written into our lives, uh, there's a new book out now uh, by Craig Rochelle called Winning the War in Your Mind, and he talks about biblical truth and cognitive behavioral therapy. Well, Gary Smalley was really talking about biblical truth um, and, and somewhat behavioral therapy, but the basic bottom line is this. We, we, we allow lies to lodge their, themselves in our minds and our hearts. Gary Smalley would say heart, and, and uh, Pastor Groeschel would say in your mind. And when we let those lies live there, he said this statement. It's a very powerful statement. A lie believed as truth will affect our lives as, who, as if it were true. And so I believed, wow. I believed for much of my life that the appropriate response to anything I didn't like was anger, mm-hmm. which is a lie. Um, you know, I mean, there's a lot of scripture that talks about, you know, the, the, the dangers of anger. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so the point that I'm trying to make with Ken here is I had a, a chain of ancestry and, and you can say maybe that th- that was something that was a result of my great, great grandfather, my great grandfather. I don't know. Uh, but what I do know is this, it did impact all the generations in my family. 
for more than two or three, three, mm. four generations. So when we live a certain way and we practice certain um, practices and ideas, they do get passed on. If they're sin, it seems like they get passed on. Um, but both Jeremiah and I would certainly say um, the Apostle Paul uh, in particular talked about taking every thought captive you know, and and really breaking down the strongholds, which sin is a stronghold in all of our lives, and uh, so I guess what I'm what I'm ultimately saying is what we can learn from that statement is that God is acknowledging whether He's dictating. Mm. That's the question, yeah. but He's acknowledging the sin of our lives gets passed on to this our children and our grandchildren, and our grandchildren, yeah. um, in the same way. But He also talks about blessing being passed on, you know, for hundreds of generations. And and so when we live our lives in the power of God, in the truth of God, when Jesus would say, when we're born again and we get a new life, we can break those cycles, and then they don't get passed on to our children our progeny you know so i i think there's a lot to learn from that statement and and i really do see it we all see it in families probably neighbors you yep. know people in the church where we go wow wh- where did that come from what and you but you see it in the father you see it in the son yeah. or the daughter and i would say if you could look backwards you probably would see it as a as a family situation yeah that's good hey ken thanks a lot that's a good phone call thank you Appreciate it. 800-320-8255. 800-320-8255. A segment we call Ask the Pastor. Whether you got a question about the Bible, theology, family, life. Pastor Chris is here with us. Let's go back to the phones and speak with Denise. Hey, Denise, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Sure. Um, my question is, how do you know when it's time to stop fighting for your marriage? Hmm. hmm. That is such a challenging question, Denise. Um, you know, there there's so much in the scripture uh, about marriage, and and the reality is, um, there's only two chapters in the Bible, Genesis one and two, where there's anything about marriage that we know is perfect, and everything else about marriage that we find in the rest of Scripture, marriages that are not perfect because sin impacts all of us. And I've been a pastor for 38 years, and at two weeks it'll be 38 years since I was ordained. Right. So I've, I've unfortunately seen a lot of uh, broken marriages, and uh, I've been married for 43 years, and so I know the challenges of married life, and it, you know, I, I know that for all of us there are there are challenges that we face every single day because we are we're redeemed sinners is what we are. Um, and so no, no person is perfect even after redemption. But how do you know when to give up? I would, I would say the first thing is maybe not the word give up, but the word take a break is if there is obvious um, violence, if there's obvious abuse. Um, that's that's a time where you have to take a break and, and until there's behavioral change because you have you can't allow for yourself to be put in danger in that situation. Um, the question I would ask is: Does your husband want to have the marriage continue? Is he the one that has uh, basically said, "I'm done"? Uh, is it just you that are fighting for it? Um, that that also plays into it. I mean. 
I've I've learned, unfortunately, in any human relationship, it does take two people for the relationship to to continue. If if somebody in the relationship says I'm done, there's very little the other person can do. I mean, we are all called to to be servants of one another, to love one another. You know, Ephesians five, which is the passage that people would often refer to because of uh, it, it's a place where Scripture talks about it. It starts out with the statement, "Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ," and so the context of a Christian marriage is mutual submission. And then it does talk about wives submitting to their husbands and husbands loving their wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So there's this const, this constant interplay in a marriage of submission and love. And at the very end of that passage, Paul says, um, so a husband uh, should love his wife and a wife should respect her husband. And uh, Emerson Egrich has a great book called Love and Respect. And in that book, if you haven't read it and you're in the midst of struggling in your marriage, I would encourage you to look at that book because he talks about the key um, role that love plays a husband towards his wife and the key role of respect in a wife towards her husband. And he talks about the crazy cycle and the, he talks about the um, rewarded cycle, which is where a wife, in your case, who may not be um, receiving the love that you need, um, continues to show respect to a husband. And, and in that case, God honors that. Um, and sometimes in that honoring, what happens is that the energizing cycle returns, which the energizing cycle is when love is given and respect is given and both people and, and enjoy the relationship tremendously. But I don't know for sure that I can say, here's the definitive place where you stop. Every relationship is different. If you have um, belief that there's any shred of hope and there's not, and you're not being abused, I would suggest that you continue to work at it. Or well, couples um, therapy. Yeah, and yeah, oh, definitely. Go, I mean, find a good Christian counselor. In, in many churches, our churches, as, as an example, we have uh, we have marriage mentors. And they come alongside of couples, whether the marriage is going well and that you just want it better, whether you're having some struggles or maybe a new marriage. Um, and, and that's something that, you know, somebody who's been married for 30 or 40 years usually has some tips that they can share. And plus, our marriage mentors are trained. So that's that's a simple starting point. But it, the other thing is counseling. And again, one of the ways you know whether your marriage is going to continue is if this if your spouse is unwilling to find any help is not willing to participate in that kind of, of thing, then potentially that's a time when you know that it's it's time. Okay. Thank you, Denise. Thank you. 800-320-8255. It's a segment that we call Ask the Pastor. If you've got questions, Pastor Chris Marshall from New Life Christian Ministries in Saxonburg, Pennsylvania, is here with us. Why don't we take a quick break? Sounds good. And uh, we'll regroup in just a minute, but uh, join us on the phone at 800-320-8255. Of course, on email as well, Kath. Sounds good. Kathy at wordfm.com. This is Greg Trzynski from the Original Mattress Factory. Does it seem like your dollar doesn't go as far as it used to? From supply chain challenges to labor shortages, businesses are feeling the pressure of higher costs. Instead of raising prices, some companies choose to cut quality and quantity to save money. Economists call this shrinkflation. So you might notice your cereal box feels a little lighter these days. 
or your roll of paper towels runs out faster, you probably won't notice that mainstream mattress brands are lowering and lightening as well. That means those mattresses will be less durable, less supportive, and less comfortable than before. At the Original Mattress Factory, we believe you deserve the best. So we hand-build our mattresses and box springs using only the highest quality materials. With our factory direct business model, we eliminate middleman costs and provide our customer a better quality mattress at a better price. Visit one of our stores today to see the original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. The word around town is that Pittsburgh homeowners are choosing doing it right when it comes to their roofing, siding, and remodeling projects. That's because since 1984, doing it right roofing, siding, remodeling continues to set the bar through clear communication and an installation that's second to none. Doing It Right employs only the most experienced professionals to install and oversee your project. They'll stop at nothing to ensure your satisfaction. Doing business honestly, taking no money down and no payment until the job is complete. Doing It Right will ensure all work is installed to the industry's highest standards, then back it all up with their lifetime workmanship warranty. As a prestigious multi-award winning Owens Corning Platinum Contractor, as well as a VSI certified installation contractor, you can't go wrong with Doing It Right. Mention John and Kathy for a discount off your estimate. Call 724-NEW-ROOF for a free project evaluation or visit roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com. Want it done right, call doing it right. The Mechanical Services Company. Trusted, proven, preferred for all mechanical systems. Heating and air, our team has got you covered. Maintenance, service, installs, and repair. Call us when you need comfort. Online at TMSCHVAC.com. The Mechanical Services Company. Trusted, proven, preferred. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Swimming pools can be lots of fun. But they can be dangerous, too, especially for young children. Always practice simple safety steps to prevent tragedies. Fence all pools. Teach kids to swim. And always watch them around water. No horseplay. Simple steps save lives. To learn new life-saving steps, visit PoolSafely.gov. A public service message from the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission. Partly cloudy skies expected for tonight. We'll see a nighttime low of 69. Mostly sunny tomorrow. Breezy, less humid, not as warm. We'll reach a high of 81. Mainly clear and cooler tomorrow night with a low of 54. Mostly sunny Saturday. Breezy and pleasant. Use sunscreen for extended time outdoors. We'll reach a high Saturday of 68. Sunday, pleasant. Periods of clouds and sun. The high 74. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Hey, thanks for being with us. Pastor Chris Marshall is spending time with us. Ask the Pastor is the segment. Your phone calls are welcome at 800-320-8255, whether it's a biblical question, a theology question, a question about family or children or whatnot. Pastor Chris is going to give it a whirl and uh, see if the uh, the answer is there for him. But 800-320-8255, maybe you've got a pastor and you're shy to approach the pastor or you just feel, you know, it's a little awkward or whatnot. Here we've got a pastor for you. And you can be anonymous if you want to. Yep, 800-320-8255. Let's go back to the phones and speak with Dan. Hey, Dan, you're live. What's your question? Yeah, quick question. Uh, I was just wondering, uh, 
being single, if, if you're dating or marrying a divorced women, is that is that considered adultery? Well, that's uh, Dan, from a straight biblical answer to that question, Jesus said that if someone um, gets married for any reason other than adultery, that if you remarry that you're committing adultery. It's in one of the one of the four gospels. He doesn't say that in, in another one. Um, it's it's an interesting question because uh, some folks will will take that particular stance and say that's it. Um, but Jesus really said divorce was uh, the result of our hardness of heart, that God's intention is obviously for marriage to be permanent. Um, and, I, and I think this is, a, this is an opinion thing, not a biblical thing. But I think whenever a person has been divorced, and um, especially in, in many cases it's not that person's desire, um, and they want to get back into a marriage relationship, and they're Christians, and the other person's a Christian, it seems to me that I've, I've known of many cases, I'll just put it this way, where those marriages have been very effective marriages, they've been uh, very faithful marriages, and um, that the reality is that um, I, it, it seems to me that in and this is in my experience kind of thing rather than from a purely biblical standpoint in my experience that some folks who have been in that situation who have and some of them have gone through counseling and you know they they've really thought it and prayed it through and they've worked it through and they have had very healthy marriages so that's that's my response. My response is if you want to be purely biblical, if somebody got divorced for a reason other than their spouse committed adultery and they get remarried, Jesus said that it's causing them to commit adultery. So that's why, you know, that's why some folks would say you can never get married to somebody who's a divorce. You should just leave people that are divorced alone. But in in my uh, my 38 years of ministry experience, I've seen many cases where divorced folks have been remarried, and um, I, I will have to say I don't know what the status of why they were divorced in the first place always was, but um, that, that's, the, that's the response I have. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, that, that helps. Thank okay. you very much. Right. Thank you, Dan. You're welcome, Dan. You know, I would imagine in today's day and age, right, I mean, a lot of people have been divorced, and so the dating pool is a little different out there than you know it was 50 or 75 years ago. It's just a, a fact of modern life. So that was a good question. 800-320-8255. I was just going to say one more thing. And the other thing is, and some people say this doesn't matter, but there are a lot of people who were divorced before they actually followed Jesus as Savior and Lord, before they became believers. And I'm, I'm in my experience... Folks who have a, have a history that's without God, and then they become believers. There's it's a whole different dynamic. It's I mean yeah. Jesus said we're mm-hmm. born again. It's a new life, um, and so putting punishment for the old life into the the new life seems to be contrary to the the the, the tilt of Scripture, if you will, mm-hmm. if not the actual you know word. Right, I'm not who I once was. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pastor Chris Marshall is with us. Ask the Pastor at 800-320-8255. And uh, Kath has taken emails as well. Kathy at wordfm.com. Kath, what do you got? Okay, well, I have several here, uh, but feel free to call while I'm doing this. Um, let's just go. This is Jeffrey. Um, why is the book of Numbers in the Bible? 
<laughs> That's an interesting question. I mean, if you want a scholarly answer to yeah. that question, yeah. it's because it's because um, when a group of of church leaders around three. 20-ish um, A.D. got together to discuss this topic. They looked at the the books of the what we now call the Bible, the books of Scripture, that were already considered to be part of the original um, canon, which means measuring rod, really. Um, and, and they they determined that 66 books. I mean. You probably have heard there are there's the Gospel of Judas, the Gospel of Thomas, right. Gospel of Philip. There's all kinds of books that are not in the Bible. There are only 66 that are. But there has never been any doubt that Numbers was part of the original scriptures of the Jews, you know, the Torah, the first five books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. If the question is why is it in there because it's just really recounting a counting of the people of God and how um, how God really – worked, I guess you might say, when the people were out in the wilderness, apparently it was very important to God. In fact, sometimes today people say, you know, I don't understand why we count people. I don't understand why, um, why you know, numbers aren't important. But apparently to God, it was very important Mm -hmm. to number his people, to know how many people were from the tribe of Judah, how many Mm -hmm. from the tribe of Levi, so on and so forth. And, I mean, if you read the book of Numbers, what you find is there is a very precise process that's developed to number all the people of a certain age. And um, and also, there are several stories um, of the history of the Israelite people in the wilderness in the book of Numbers that are very helpful story. So, you know, really the question, why is any book in the Bible? It's because it was considered to be inspired by God. It was passed on to the people in the case of the Old Testament, the Jewish people, in the case of the New Testament in the early church. And it's considered to be, as Paul the Apostle said in Timothy, profitable for our, you know, our teaching and cons- mm-hmm. in instruction for, you know, godliness. correcting us when yeah. we're wrong and for godliness. So, and actually, I would have, if I were asking the question, I would have said, why is the book of Leviticus in the Bible? You know, I mean, um, and, you know, and obviously the Levitical code was a, a set of sacrifices. And I mean, if you look in the book of Leviticus, it even talks about things like menstruation. It mm-hmm. talks about skin discolorations and all these different mm-hmm. kind of things. Uh, there's all kinds of things in those early books that to the modern or postmodern world sound strange. Right. But God was think how long yeah, ago that yeah, was. God was establishing and setting apart a people. And think about that. If you're the God of the universe, and really, if you read those first five books, one of the things the first five books tells us is God didn't choose the Jews because they were a great choice. You know, he just chose them because he decided to choose them because there was no perfect choice. He was choosing human beings, so he didn't have a perfect choice. But the reality is he's setting a people apart for himself. And so those accounts, the book of Numbers is a very clear example of God setting people apart for himself. Twelve tribes, the Levites were set apart to be the priestly group of people. And as we see through the first five books of the Bible, eventually the Levites don't get any property. You know, they don't get any land. The rest of the people get an inheritance in the promised land, but not the Levites. They're just given certain cities and locations because they actually... God will be their inheritance. Yeah, God is their inheritance. It's not It's not land. So the, the early people of God promise that, you know, God gave to Abraham was he would have a people and he would have a nation. He would have a land. 
Um, and so that promise um, is fulfilled in um, these books, and so that's why they're there. Amen to that. Okay, Jeffrey. Very nice. We need to take a, a quick break, step away. Pastor Chris Marshall, Ask the Pastor. Your phone calls and emails, uh, phone calls 800-320-8255. We'll be back in just a few minutes with your questions. WORD. This week, among other very practical subjects, Chuck Swindoll talks about dealing with anger. Anger is a choice as well as a habit. You do not have to possess it, and it serves no purpose that has anything to do with being a happy, fulfilled person. Hear the practical life lessons emerging from the life of David. This week on Inside for Living with Chuck Swindoll. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD. My friend and I are taking a trip to Mexico this year, but neither of us speak Spanish. So we downloaded Babbel and started learning Spanish fast. Want to get conversational in another language in as little as three weeks? Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons were designed by language experts to be the most efficient and effective way to learn a new language. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿De dónde eres? ¿De dónde eres? Babbel's interactive lessons are created by real language teachers and voiced by real native speakers using a modern conversation-based method. So in no time, you'll be speaking confidently about real-life topics in another language. Nosotras vamos a México en dos días y ahora hablamos español. Gracias, Babbel. Sí, muchas gracias. <laughs> Babbel, language for life. Celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. Just go to Babbel.com and start learning a new language today. That's Babbel.com. B-A-B-B-E-L.com. You're not who you were 25 years ago. Your life's more complex. People change, families change, and the law changes. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. And a proper estate plan should keep up with those changes. That's why Abernathy and Hagerman presents free ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer, someone who's really good at making complex concepts sound so simple, so you can protect what's yours and to ensure that your will is done. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.law. Cornerstone Television is dishing out all new episodes to fill your home with truth and joy this season. From hope today to origins, hard questions, Sister to Sister, Today's Nashville, Move Your Mountain, and Dashing Dish. Taste the best of local Christian TV on Cornerstone Television Network, where hope happens. That's Fios Channel 505 or Channel 805 on Comcast Xfinity. Plan now to join Word FM Tuesday, August 16th aboard the Gateway Clippers Empress for another fabulous dinner cruise. From 6.30 to 9, relax in the company of fellow believers as you enjoy a fantastic dinner buffet, music, and stunning views of the city skyline. The Ride Homes, John and Kathy, will be your cruise directors for this amazing night, sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. Don't miss the boat. Last year's event completely sold out. Reserve now at wordfm.com slash dinnercruise. Certainly enjoying our time with Pastor Chris Marshall from New Life Christian Ministries in Saxonburg, Pennsylvania. Chris joins us on a fairly regular basis to do Ask the Pastor. Your questions are welcome at 800-320-8255 or email as well. You can email Kath, kathy at wordfm.com. But uh, let's go back to the phones and speak with Dave. Hey, Dave, you're live with Kath and Chris and myself. What's your question, please? 
Uh, yes, uh, I'm separated, and my wife left me unexpectedly and unannounced six weeks ago. I was raised in the church to believe in the power of prayer and that the number of people praying for a resolution to a uh, prayer request can affect a prayer request. So I took it upon myself to call a church uh, in each of the 50 states to pray for my marriage. Will that make a difference? Will that make a difference? Oh, that's, no. a, that's a powerful question, Dave. And uh, prayer always makes a difference. And, you know, when you said you've been brought up to believe that the number of people praying makes a difference, and, I mean, James chapter 5 is the clearest statement on prayer when it comes to the fact that it makes a difference. It, um, it says, the fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man, righteous woman, avails much. God uses us, and, and, and actually in, in Matthew chapter 6, when Jesus is talking about prayer, he says, you know, that we don't pray like pagans, that we think that if we just keep praying over and over and over again, God will hear us, because God already knows what we need before we ask. But our prayers are still called for um, by God to, to, to be offered to him, and when, the, when he does hear the prayers of his people. And, I mean, you can go all the way back to the, you know, the very common passage that people always talk to. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, you know, I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. So I do believe in the in the in the effect, effectiveness of prayer. Certainly, I've seen so many examples of it being answered in my own life, but also in the nature of corporate prayer. Yes, I, I think that it's very powerful. Well, good, because I have no contact with her, so right now I have to uh, rely 100% on God and faith to uh, reconcile this marriage. Very good. Well, Dave, Amen. you've called yeah. the right place here, <laughs> yeah. and as people listen to your voice and uh, hear your plight, uh, prayers will go out for you and uh, for the sanctity of your marriage. So thank you so much for that phone call. 800-320-8255. Pastor Chris Marshall and Ask the Pastor. Let's go back to the phones. Hey, Cindy, uh, you're live with uh, Kath and myself and Chris Marshall. Uh, what is your question, please? Yes. Um, as a new believer, how do I begin to study the Bible? That's a great question, mm-hmm. Cindy. Um, I often tell people it's something very helpful and simple. Uh, simple. The book of Proverbs has 31 chapters in it, and there's 31 days in a month. Okay, the book of Mark, the Gospel of Mark, which is an account of the life of Jesus, has 16 chapters. So if you read one chapter of the book of Mark and one chapter of Proverbs every day for the first three months that as a new believer, what's going to happen is the book of Mark, you're going to read through it twice every month. At the end of the month, you'll have to read a couple extra chapters. But it gives you a, a very clear picture of who Jesus is, of what he came to teach and do. And then the book of Proverbs gives everyday advice for just about every area of life. And so what I would suggest that you do, it won't take you more than 10 or 15 minutes to do this, is to read a chapter of Proverbs, a chapter of Mark every day. And before you read it, when you sit down, just say, God, give me wisdom as I read your word today. It doesn't have to be those words, but just, God, show me what your truth is to me in your word today. So... I would suggest that that's something that you want to do, and I would say for the first several months is just over and over again, read those scriptures, you know, read those passages, and eventually, obviously, you're going to want to read other passages of scripture, and some people say start at the beginning and work your way through, but I really do believe, and I've seen the effectiveness of this in new believers' lives, to get rooted in the understanding of Jesus 
and to get rooted in the wisdom and power of the truth of God, um, the book of Proverbs and the book of Mark are a really helpful place to start. Very nice. Thank you. And, and Cindy, how, how about um, a church? Have you joined a church yet? No, not really. Um, that you know, obviously, one of the things that that I want to say very clearly is: don't just join any church. But join a church that believes in the power of, first of all, the power of the, 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 the body of Jesus Christ and in the fact that we are called to be people together, but that believes in the truth of Scripture, um, that, that believes that what you're reading is the Word of God and that it's true. And, and, and this is a, maybe a harder one to find out until you've actually been there, but we talk a lot at New Life about uh, practicing truth in love, because there's some there's there, you'll find churches that they're they're into the truth, but they're they're very angry. They're they're not really um, combining the love factor with the truth factor. Truth without love really comes across just as anger, and it often is. It just comes across as very abrasive. But love without truth, it, it won't. It won't give you a solid foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, you don't want to just feel good when you go to church, but you do want to when you go there sense the power and presence of the love of God in the midst of the truth. So. You know, maybe that's that sounds a little bit hard, but I, I think uh, again, as you go, even as you go to a church this weekend, just say, "God, I'm I'm going here because I want to find fellowship with other people who are seeking You. Show me if this is the place." And that's I, it, I think. Right, the fellowship yeah. is key. That yeah. you need to make yourself known as you walk into a newbie as a new church. That mm-hmm. is awkward and as odd it is for people to sort of step out and say, "I'm new." I, I like to speak to someone and mm-hmm. develop that mentorship or that friendship with people who are deeper believers to bring you into the fold. Right, right. Cindy, welcome. It's exciting. Yes, it's very exciting. Thank you. Fabulous. God bless you. God bless you. 800-320-8255. Uh, let's go back to the phones Catherine? and speak with you. Yeah. Hey, Catherine. Yeah, you're live with Kathy and myself and Pastor Chris. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I'm a Bible study teacher and I've been studying the Jewish um, manuscripts, and I was curious to to know why was the Old Testament chronological order changed in the English translation? Say a little bit more, Catherine, about what you're talking about. Do you mean that the the books of of the Bible that we have in 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 English translations is different than the original Hebrew scriptures? Is that what you're saying? Yes. In in the English translation, Malachi is the last Bible in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. But in the Jewish, Second Chronicles is the last book. Yeah. Right. Also, yeah. um, Daniel doesn't come, um, is not considered uh, one of the five major prophets, which why they call them five major prophets when um, Lamentation is not. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Daniel is not a part of that, and they don't even consider Daniel as one of the prophets. So I'm I'm just curious to how that all came about. Mm -hmm. The placement. Right. Well, first of all, the Jewish scriptures um, are, are not necessarily, how do I want to say this? The Jewish scriptures are ordered in a way that was 
determined a long time ago by you know by the Jewish people. We have the law, the prophets, and the writings, and so they're ordered that way. When the when the um, the people assembled the Bible together, when Christians assembled the Bible together, the books are um, similar books. In fact, there's some. I, 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 the, where, why I'm hesitating is I was talking with a rabbi about this, and there are certain books in the Jewish scriptures that they never read. Um, I mean, at least this rabbi told me that. Um, and he, they consider them less important books. And I, I guess maybe as Christians, we might find certain books that we don't well, turn to all the time. And, yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, like, we're not reading numbers all the time. And, and the new believer, I didn't ask her to, to go to read Leviticus first. I asked her to read Proverbs and, and, um, and Mark. But, but the, but the, I guess the basic point is none of the books are, um, necessarily chronologically put together. The, the, it's, the, the Jewish scriptures aren't put together chronologically. They're grouped by law, prophets, and writings. And so, in fact, there is a Bible that's called the Chronological Bible. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it basically takes all of the scriptures and puts them in the order that they would be if they were chronological. And so uh, that's why I'm having trouble answering your question, Catherine, because the Jewish scriptures aren't, aren't listed chronologically. They're grouped according to three main the, – the Torah um, and the prophets and the writings. And so um, why the, the Jewish people didn't consider Daniel um, to be a major prophet, as is often the case in um, the New Testament – I mean, I'm sorry, in Christian Bibles – that really is a matter of long history that I'm I'm not totally aware of all of it, but I, I simply your first question threw me because the Jews don't have their Bible in a chronological order, mm-hmm. so that that's why I'm sort of stumbling on your question. Okay, but you said a chronological Bible. Where would I find? Uh, you one? just go on Amazon, you know, and you just Google uh, the chronological you know, chronological Bible. Bible. Yeah. Um, it's probably oh, online oh. for free. I don't. Yeah, you might be able to get it online for free, but I know. I mean, I have the Bible, and uh, it's it's actually not my favorite Bible to be honest with you, because they take like First Kings and First Chronicles and they put it all together. You know, it's a, so because it shows the order that things actually happen according to how. And that's the other question. Biblical scholars disagree about when certain things actually occur. Sure, some things we know for sure. But other things, there's some discussion and debate. So, but the chronological Bible is a place where you can start if you want to know the order of how everything happened. Excellent. That's a great question as well. Catherine, thanks for that phone call. We need to step away for just a few minutes. Uh, Pastor Chris Marshall's with us. Ask the pastor. You got questions? Pastor Chris, as you can see, working through the answers. We'll be back in just a few minutes. You're listening to Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. This is Word FM. Addiction is a disease that does not discriminate. At Recovery Centers of America, we see its impact on people from all walks of life. Every day, a mom or dad drinking too much every night, an athlete hiding a pill addiction, a healthcare professional or first responder dealing with work-related trauma through substance use, a young adult who started the party in college and hasn't been able to stop. In the past year, over 100,000 people in the U.S. died from overdoses, including many from our local community. If you're hearing this and you think you're 
different, that you have a habit and not an addiction. I want you to hear this message and challenge your relationship with alcohol and drugs. If you are struggling, there is a solution. We can help you today. Call 1-888-RECOVERY-NOW. At Recovery Centers of America, we will answer your call 24-7. Many of us personally understand your pain, and we will work with you to determine the best treatment option that fits your needs. In our care, our medical and clinical experts will help you achieve recovery. Don't wait to get help. Call 1-888-RECOVERY-NOW. That's 1-888-RECOVERY. When it's time to replace your roof, siding, gutters, and downspouts, entry doors, and, of course, windows, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for all your exterior home projects. Why pay double with some other companies? Windows R Us will always give you the best price on the best in-class products, backed by the best warranties in the industry, all with zero sales pressure. And speaking of zero, right now, get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee with prices set to increase on all exterior products lock in your quote today schedule a free estimate and inspection today at windowsarustpittsburgh.com you've tried the rest now try the best windowsarustpittsburgh.com At Century 3 Chevrolet, they know your time is valuable. Instead of walking dealer lots or spending hours searching online, custom order your new Chevrolet at Century3Chevy.com. Find new roads and the vehicle you want at Century 3 Chevrolet. Plan now to join Word FM Tuesday, August 16th aboard the Gateway Clippers Empress for another fabulous dinner cruise. From 6.30 to 9, relax in the company of fellow believers as you enjoy a fantastic dinner buffet, music, and stunning views of the city skyline. The Ride Homes John and Kathy will be your cruise directors for this amazing night sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. Don't miss the boat. Last year's event completely sold out. Reserve now at wordfm.com slash dinnercruise. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. No worries. The Reverend Chris Marshall with us. Ask the Pastor has been the segment that we've been working on for the last 50 or so minutes. I'm really happy to have you along for today's Ride Home. If you missed any of today's program, you can always find our podcast wherever you get your podcast. Just look for the Ride Home with John and Kathy. Chris, tell us just a little bit about New Life Christian Fellowship. And for people who are in the Pittsburgh area or Western PA, they might mm-hmm. want to check it out. Yeah, sure. Well, we, we're at 139 Knock Road in Saxonburg, Pennsylvania. We are a non-denominational church. We worship on Saturday evenings at 6.30 in person and at uh, on Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.30. And we have online worship at newlife.online at 8.30, 10.30 in the morning and 6.30 and 8.30 in the evening on Sundays. So you can check us out either online or in person. We'd love to have, have you with us either way. Uh, this summer, we're doing a series called One Thing Remains. Obviously, the Apostle Paul said uh, three things remain, mm-hmm. faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. We're doing that by going through the, the book of Jonah, the book of Ruth, and then we're having three one-off messages on faith, hope, and love. So right now, this weekend, we're going to be focusing on uh, Jonah. It's chapter three. We're doing a chapter each week in the book of Jonah. So we're going to talk about Jonah again this weekend. Uh, so that's what's going on as far as 
uh, new life as far as what's going on right now. We most recently just came back from a trip to Honduras. First time we'd been in Honduras. Uh, some places are opening up again for travel, for mission. And so we're excited about that and doing a little bit of Zoom ministry in Pakistan and some other places. And that's new to us. So that's something new. But God is doing some really uh, powerful things, and we're we're enjoying working with Him and for Him in Saxonburg. Uh, now, as weird as the pandemic era has been, and of course Zoom as well, people stopped going to church. But uh, appreciate that you're back in person, of course, for a long mm-hmm. time, and Zoom as well. In many ways, the church has grown because of this. Right. I mean, actually, our, we have no doors, so to speak, online. We yeah. can reach anywhere, um, and at the same time, we do have doors right there on 139 <laughs> Knock Road, Saxonburg. So for those who are looking for an experience of actual human beings in person fellowship love truth of jesus we'd love to have you with us for somebody who's you know far away or or here in pittsburgh and just wants uh you know to check out a we consider ourselves a, a truth and love church we speak the word of god speak the truth of god and we are always welcome new people very nice pastor chris always a pleasure thanks for being with us today thank you very much john kathy The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.